Welcome to the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. I'm Wayne Washington, founder and CEO of Grow Company Profits. We help CEOs stop leaving money on the table while sustaining profitability to fund managed growth. The CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast is basically CEOs helping other CEOs with tips, tools, and techniques to implement company projects or other work activities on time, on target, and on budget. Let's spend the next 30 minutes together with my guest CEO and maybe learn some different tools to put into your CEO toolbox. Welcome listeners to the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. The CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast is a podcast by CEOs for CEOs seeking to sustain profitability to manage growth. My guest today is Mr. Jeff Cohen. He is the CEO of C-Level Roundtables. Jeff's can be found at www.c-levelroundtable.com. You know, I'm excited to have Jeff with us today. Jeff is from uh, Glendale, California. We took a little bit of time to speak up front, but now I'm going to let Jeff just say hello, and then Jeff and I are going to get started in our CEO to CEO conversation. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Wayne. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to um, point people to the right website because what you said there, um, I've got a new website with the oh. new book that's coming out. Okay. It's it's countonable.com. So that's www. C-O-U-N-T-O-N-A-B-L-E dot com. So if you go there, that's where all of the assets are, all of the information um, with links to get to um, like what I do and how I do it. And, you know, if you're interested in talking, one of those two. Well, I'll, I'll make sure I put those uh, that that link in the, in the website. Would you like to have your other website? You're, you're really trying to promote a book right now. I understand that. So. I will put this link in the website for you, Jeff. Is that okay for you? That would be amazing. Thank you, Wayne. And I just want to say I'm grateful to be here today. It's wonderful to be able to talk to people that are leaders that lead leaders and are destined and focused on identifying like where are the areas that are the lowest hanging fruit in our businesses that can have the biggest return when we have the opportunity and privilege to learn about them and use them. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to having you share with us some of your thoughts, you know, because the, the audience is typically other CEOs, Jeff, and these other CEOs, you know, very few companies exceed $3 million in, in income and in, in revenue. And in order to do that, companies need to do something. Companies are doing something right. Those CEOs are leading companies right. So I want to make sure we're getting your tips and techniques and some of the things you've done right and some of the things you, you wish you'd have done differently when you done it, when you had it in your earlier in your past. So that's kind of what the discussion is going to be about. But, be about. but where I like to start, Jeff, is I, I call it your starter story. 
know, how did how did C Level Roundtable get started? How did the book come into a, be? How did the book become an idea? And how did it all come together? Let's talk about both of them at the same time. Yeah, it started when I was eight years old. Oh, wow. I wrote all of the professional sports teams, and I asked them for stickers. And I got this enormous stack of stickers, like would choke a horse, right? Uh-huh. I immediately went to my mom and I said, mom, that wall, I'm going to cover it with all my stickers. And she said, no, you're not. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I was eight years old. I had a ton of stickers. What do you do with them? She surely wouldn't let me put them on the car. She wouldn't let me put them on the wall. So I put them on my notebook. Okay. And I went to school and my friends started buying them from me. And my dad said, Jeff, you're an entrepreneur. You made 50 bucks. That's amazing. I said, wow, that's awesome, dad. What's an entrepreneur? <laughs> and I've kind of been living it ever since. Now, as an adult, I've started six companies. I've had very high growth, like zero to 50 people in two years. Uh, I've, I've run and helped seven and eight figure businesses and their CEOs. Um, and you mentioned Shark Tank. Yes, I've been on Shark Tank where um, because of a major failure that I had, Kevin uh -oh. O'Leary called me radioactive. Now, I want to just tell you and your listeners that, you know, we're going to talk about some successes today, but there's not a single failure that I have in my business life or my personal life that's off limits. And the reason I say that is because I promise you're going to learn something if I tell you about something I did right. I promise you're going to use something if I tell you about something I did wrong. Good. And Good. action is the foundation of success. Okay. So, I mean, and I'm let me try to understand here. The you know, I know I'm probably going to garble a lot of things here. I remember you talking about the stickers, and the stickers got you started from the from the ongoing standpoint. Or notebook your dad had you selling them at, some at school. You. I'm trying to understand how that translated into a business, the business you run today. How's that, how, how did you make that jump? Well, it took a while because, you know, along the way I had some failures and I was lost mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I really wanted to do. So I went from having a technology business to having a granola bar business and being on Shark Tank to getting a divorce. And then finally I decided I needed to do some work on me. So I took a program called the Team Management Leadership Program. Okay. One of the best investments in two years that I ever have had. And I learned about the relationship between me and accountability because I never, ever want to see any other founder, entrepreneur, CEO, business owner go through what I went through. It was awful. And in this program, I realized there's an opportunity here to actually look at what didn't work. And I got 50 CEOs and business owners and entrepreneurs together in small groups. And we started tackling that. And we uncovered the number one problem that exists in businesses today and impacts the opportunity to succeed. So you're probably wondering what that one problem is. Yes, I'm, I'm sitting here listening. Right? And here's the thing, it's an issue we all have. It's, it's crazy. I'm going to tell you a short story that highlights it. Okay. Because the problem is effective communication. 
right? We all have our own definition of what effective communication is. Correct. However, we don't all use effective communication in a way that's actually effective. For example, and I'm going to use this, it's not a business story, it's a personal one, but it highlights. Okay. Just normal communication. So my wife and I are fostered to adopt parents and we have a beautiful one-year-old little girl. That's nice to know. Yeah. She's amazing. And we recently went to visit some friends in San Diego and Uh stayed with them. And my wife and her friend went to an event. My friend and I took our two daughters. He has a seven-year-old little girl. And I got the one-year-old in a wagon to dinner. And on the way back from dinner, we decided we're going to go to frozen yogurt. And as we're pulling up in the wagon, I see my one-year-old standing up, holding onto the side with this look of terror in her face. Wow. Because she doesn't know how to sit down yet. Not safely. Okay. So I had my friend stop. I picked her up and comforted her. And then I put her back in. And then... I turned to the seven-year-old. And by the way, this is the way I would treat any employee. Okay. And any friend. And I said to her, I said, hey, honey, did you notice that she was standing up and that she was scared? And she goes, yeah, I told you. I said, huh. I said, can I ask you a favor? She said, sure. She lifted her head up from her video game. And I said to her, if that happens again, would you please make sure I answer you? And then she looked at me and she said, got it. And then went right back down to her video game. Okay. Now, most of us use the term got it. We hear it all the time from other people. Right. And here's the fact. There's this little Tasmanian devil going through our heads, talking to us about the bullshit that they're hearing us say, or the laundry they have to pick up, or the dishes that are in the sink. There's something going on. So you never know someone really got it. Right. And so as she put her head back down to the video game, I said, hey, I'm just curious. What'd you get? And I counted 15 seconds before she lifted her head up and said, I should make sure you heard me. Now, that illustrates an issue that exists in communication with my wife, with my sons, with my ex-wife, with my mom, with my sisters. By the way, every single person I do business with. And what it illustrates is how easy it is for us to accept the term got it or okay or whatever the acknowledgement of what you're saying is as enough. But the fact of the matter is it took her 15 seconds to process my request. And now I know it's stuck or there's a better chance of it sticking. There's no need to get mad. I didn't need to be disrespectful nothing it's just have a respectful and straight conversation with people and then ensure that they heard you by checking back in and that's the number one thing you can do to ensure that you have alignment 
between you and your team on what it is you want done, that everything that they do with their teams will align with what they heard their leaders say you wanted because your leader was clear on that, or at least had a much better chance of being clear on that. Let me ask you a question, Jeff, and I, I hear what you're saying, but I want to make sure we're being very crystal clear for our audience. In other words, we, get, we know about the analogy of the, of the seven-year-old and the, and the wagon ride. Help a CEO translate what you just said into them running their business day-to-day. Help, 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 give them a takeaway. Give them a tool. Give them a Jeff tip to help them. Yeah, I'm going to do better than that. Okay. I'm going to recommend that you download all of the sheets on countonable.com and look at the chapters in the book that talk about what is the process that you can actually use to ensure that first off, your entire team is straight about what it is that you want. What are your business objectives? What are your goals? What are your milestones this quarter? And then what's a great way to verify that people are aligned with that? Mm -hmm. Like we all, no one wants to be a micromanager. Right. We all want to people. However, trusting our people, but not having a regular where you're actually looking at the priority actions and making sure that they align with your goals and determine if you have the right person doing the right job at the right time. Because every system out there, EOS, scaling up, they all say you want to do that. They just don't tell you how. So that's why, Wayne, when you ask, like, what's the tip? Listen, there's a very simple process. I've outlined it step-by-step in the book. The tip is, if you have a priority action list that maps to your goals and objectives this quarter, that map to your bigger picture objectives for your business, it's, it's hard not to succeed. It's really easy when you don't follow up with people until four o'clock on Friday afternoon before a holiday weekend to say, Hey, by the way, where's that thing that you said that you were going to do for me? Uh-huh. Now you've got them being defensive and you're wasting 20 or 30 minutes listening to reasons why, when all you really want to know is, do I need to reassign this task to someone that's the right person for it? Do I have the right person in that task? What are their strengths? Right? That's all. I, I'm, I'm hoping the audience, you know, I am, I am going to sit here and tell the audience, I am going to get that book and I'm going to check that book out. So if I could do it, you guys can do it also. But um, the, the thing I want to, I want to kind of, you know, I want to keep us uh, on track here from a time standpoint. I want to respect our audience's time. I want to ask you a very direct question. What makes you a good CEO? Oh my gosh. So the easy answer to that is yes. all of the crappy shit that I did early in my CEO career. It's all the bad stuff that I oh. did during my CEO career. You know, here's the thing. I grew a very fast growing company. People wanted to work for us because we had tremendous momentum and we had a vision. And I treated people poorly. Wow. Like it killed you admit me it. Today. I'm glad to hear you admit it. Oh my God. You know, it kills me today to think about the things that I did that hurt people. How I didn't treat them respectfully. And, you know, the number one thing that I 
I can tell you that makes me a good CEO today is that I can be vulnerable and secure in my vulnerability. You know, there are a lot of people that tell me, Jeff, you shouldn't say those things. They don't make you look good. I don't care. I don't need to look good. I need to be trusted. And when I tell you that stuff, there's a much higher likelihood you're going to say, well, this is a guy that I can trust to look at me and what I'm doing honestly and not just tell me what I want to hear. Listen, the number one thing you can do to build trust with other people is to trust them with something personal first. If they don't bite and they don't get that you're being vulnerable and open or it takes them a little bit to get that that's who you are, that's okay. But that's the only way you get trust by people. You've got to give it first. Wow. Wow. You know, as as I as I sit there and listen listen to what you just said, too many times over my career I've run into CEOs who are afraid to confront or is afraid to get feedback, they're afraid to be told no, they're afraid it, it, it sometimes comes down to a popularity contest. How how do you how did you overcome the hurdle of you knew you had to do something in the business, you knew you had to get it done, and you had to confront an employee or two to get it done. Early on in your career, you probably might, number one, you might have avoided it. Number two, in your career, you might have overpressured. How did you reach that happy medium to, 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 to confront effectively? There's no happy medium. You have to have respectful, straight conversations with people. You know, I had a business partner in my software company that grew rapidly that I demoted from being chief technology officer to being just a, you know, a consultant. And I handled that poorly. Um, I feel awful about it today and I would have handled it differently had I had the tools and guidance. Um, but I, I own everything that happens in my company. Uh -huh. Because I'm setting up what the environment is and the culture is for ownership and for accountability. Which by the way, not a single person I know really, really embraces being accountable. Everybody resists it. Because the last time you heard the word accountable was at six o'clock on the news when someone was going to jail or some politician did something we didn't like and we have to hold them accountable. But if you look at the definition, it's holding someone responsible. And the thing is, is people don't always have the authority. So now you're gonna hold them responsible for something they don't have the authority on? There's a mismatch there. That's why I identified that it's much more empowering when people can be counted on. Wayne, when I tell you, look, you can count on me to show up to this meeting on time, you can count on me to be prepared, and you can count on me to look for how I can make a difference for others, but you can't count on me to do 50 sales calls a day in order to bump up sales. And okay. you can't count on me to wash the dishes. Like, I know those are things guaranteed, there's no penalty for me saying them. So why do we penalize people for being straight with us about this stuff they're not good at, don't like doing, 
and have no strengths in doing. This is not hockey. There's no penalty box for employees. And when you do that, you waste 20 to 30 minutes in that conversation and the employee is now spinning for three or four days and their productivity dies. Wow. You want to know something that you can do to improve your productivity in your company? Treat you people with respect and really look for like how you can own their productivity and what the outcome is that you want them to have. Because the way you communicate will change dramatically based on the outcome that you want. I agree. And you know what? It's, I, I can sit here and talk to you forever because I, I, I feel like we're on the same page. But in the interest of time, I, I'm going to get ready to start winding down. Um, so let me give you a few minutes to talk about your book. You know, it's, it's, it's called uh, what? Cloud, Cloudable. Oh, Countable. It's called Countable. Yeah. Tell, 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 tell us about that book and, and just very brief, if you would, tell me about the book and, and what, why would, what should our audience expect from the book? So first off, it's, um, it's coming out on June 14th. And Wayne, thank you for committing to having this podcast published on June 14th. I'm so grateful. My pleasure. Um, so I've been playing, everything I do is a game. It's gotta be fun or why do it, right? including the writing the book, the reading the book. It's got to be fun or why on earth would you want to read it? So I wrote it for people like me that have attention deficit disorder, right? Every chapter is three to four pages long. You can knock a chapter out in five minutes. You don't have to spend an hour, right? Very easy read. Every chapter has a story and a moral or an ending. And you will get personal stories about me. And you can go to my website, countonable.com right now and download chapter one. It's called Grand Theft Auto. I'll just tell you, it's about a time I stole a car. But it made a tremendous impact. Like I found my number one trigger in doing that. And then what you'll start getting out of it is you may be reading the book because you want something for your business. But because I've uncovered my number one trigger, it reduces the number of arguments I have with my wife. Because when she triggers me, I'm able to say to her, hey, honey, you just triggered the heck out of me. Can well, I have a few minutes to settle in before we continue? I'm going to respect some people's time a little bit later. But I'm hoping you just triggered the audience to want to hear more. You know, if you just planted some seeds, when you talk about talking to your spouse and talk to your wife, I'm quite sure there are a lot of CEOs out there say, I want to hear that next sentence. So they're going to have to get to get your book to find out when it comes out on, on June the 14th. Um, how, what's the best way people get a hold of you, Jeff? So just come to the website, although I'm on all the social media channels. And we, like I said, we're launching the book June 14th. So if you go to Amazon and buy it for the special pricing we're doing and leave a, um, a review of the book. I promise that I will reach out to you if you reach out to me on my website and I've got something special that I wanna make available to you and your readers that do, you and your listeners that do a review just because I'm really grateful for everybody that helps launch the book with me. Well. Jeff, I want to thank you for being on the show today, on the podcast today. So Jeff and I would really like to thank our audience of other CEOs for sticking around to hear a conversation between Jeff and myself. 
as we talk about not, not only one of Jeff's business, but Jeff's book. If you have any questions or any comments, please leave them with the show notes. Please leave them in, the, in the, uh, a review. We would appreciate that. I look forward to our audience coming back for future guests, CEO guests that have businesses that exceed $3 million in income. These CEOs are doing things right, and I want my audience to learn some of the secrets of their success. So until next time, this is Wayne Washington and Jeff Cohen signing off, and we will talk to you later. I'm going to go ahead and stop this recording. Uh, where's my mouse? Uh, Jeff, one of the things I, I like to be able to do. Wayne Washington here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. If you are a successful CEO of a seven-figure project-based client delivery environment and would like to be a guest CEO on the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast, please visit www.ceosecrets-execution.com and apply. If today you learn a tip or a technique to apply from my guest CEO, other CEOs would appreciate your sharing this episode on social media. To do that, just take a quick screenshot with your phone, then text it to another CEO or post that screenshot on social media. If you know of other CEOs who would be a great guest, text them and let them know about the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. The CEO you are thinking about would appreciate you including a link to the scheduling website. That's www.ceosecrets-execution.com. We are regularly putting out new episodes. To make sure you don't miss an episode, go ahead and subscribe today. Remember, your thumbs up rating or a five star review goes a long way to help promote the show and would mean an awful lot to me and my team. Do you want to know more about my company, Grow Company Profits? Go to our website at www.growcompanyprofits.com. You can also follow me, Wayne Washington, on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening, and I'm looking forward to having you back for our next episode.